0: Happy Winning Wednesday and welcome to another daily live webcast called GenCast, the live show that happens Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern here on YFELive.com. Today is Winning Wednesday, so we're going to be talking about some winning headlines with special guest Sandy Sadu. She's the founder of media.com. She recently went through a rebrand and is also the one of the founders of Thrive Hive along with Jules Taggart. They recently just did Thrive Hive Live, an in-person retreat where they brought their mastermind together in person. So she's going to talk a little bit about both of those things, but also about headlines with me. She's going to talk about Lego, Whole Foods, and a few other ones that you're going to want to pay attention to. Hi everyone, I'm your host, Jennifer Dono. You can tweet me at Jennifer Dono and use the hashtag JenCast during this live webcast. You can comment below, because today is all about winning Wednesday, winning headlines that all of us are excited about. And my guest is Sandy Sedue. She recently went through a rebrand that she's gonna tell us briefly about, and she's also going to tell us about Thrive Hive Live. Obviously, we're in a hangout experience, so you can probably see Sandy on already. Sandy, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Jen.
0: So Sandy, tell us a little bit. Like I said, you're doing a rebrand. You used to be Sidekick PM, right? And now it's you're going to Sandy Sidhu Media. So what's what is it that you do, and why the why the move from the company brand into the personal brand?
1: Sure. So um, I'm a digital strategist and idea igniter. So I help entrepreneurs break down technology into simple concepts. So really learning the need to know of marketing and the web, and not just trying to do everything and Everything, anything out there, all while really helping you create community and connection with customers. So I help you figure out which, which platforms you should be on, which technology you should be on, and really how to connect with the people who will resonate with what you have to offer. And I recently just started my own podcast as well, which is called The Business Ignite Show, where I alternate between solo episodes with just me and then also interviewing entrepreneurs who share actionable business insights.
0: That's awesome, and you know I know Stacy uh, Harris at the Stacey Harris, who's always involved with YFE. Um, she's done something similar recently where she does a podcast. What was the What was the um, need to jump, or not? I wouldn't want to say the need, but what was the the thing that got you started into doing that podcast? Because it's a lot of work.
1: Right, so if you probably remember because I did interview you, I don't know if it was in 2013 that I interviewed you or possibly 2012, so back then I was doing video interviews, so kind of like what we're doing here, Um, but I wasn't completely in love with the video format and a lot of feedback I was getting from people was that, oh, I want to listen to it on the go or I might just listen to, you know, I might just watch the first few seconds and then I'll just click away and listen, so there was kind of that demand for the audio feed. But at that point, I was kind of thinking that everybody was already doing a podcast. And this was like late 2012. Like, was there really room for another person? And of course, we know that there is always room. You just have to find, you know, how you're going to position yourself. So I kind of hummed and hawed throughout 2013 found reasons not to do it, and I really wanted to do it, like not even just for business reasons as a way to generate leads and visibility. Those are all side effects, but I enjoy speaking and I enjoy connecting with those people, so I wanted to find a way to incorporate that into my business. So finally in November, I was like, I'm doing it. It's done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's done. Let me just check it off. So Sandy, yeah. you you didn't really answer the um, – going back to the question about why the move to the personal brand – um you said, so you work one on one and with I'm assuming more of like a um, a packaged service type of a thing with your clients, like mm-hmm. you were saying. Uh, so why did you move from sidekick over to using your actual name?
1: I've always gone back and forth on that. I've had many I think as many entre- as many entrepreneurs out there, we have multiple domains that we're just kind of holding on to, and then when the timing is right, so, A few years ago, I was using my personal brand, and then I kind of moved away, but then as I've been connecting with more people, I just felt like it was time for me to be upfront and just go all out there, so that was kind of the reason, and I just grew out of the previous brand.
0: Yeah. Well, so now uh, you, so you're so you doing Sandy Do Media, you're doing your podcast, and then you also have Thrive Hive with Jules. And this mm-hmm. is something that I was really excited to have you on the show about because you just got done with Thrive Hive Live, which is an in-person retreat. But Thrive Hive also has an online component, and that's really where it started, right?
1: Exactly. So Thrive Hive is a online, it's actually a Facebook group, and we have entrepreneurs from all over the U.S., Canada, and we do also have members in New Zealand, Australia, and parts of Europe. So basically, it was, it's a it's a place for women entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurs to connect. And you know, not of all not all of us live in startup communities, or not all of us live where there's entrepreneurs around us. So it's a place to go and get your questions answered, share your content, network, and build relationships.
0: So now you just did the retreat, why the in-person retreat? First of all, that feels like a huge risk to take cuz you went to Miami. You I think it was like a like um an estate, right? That you guys stayed on. I mean, that's not in that's not an easy thing to do, and especially if you have members all over the world. I mean, was there any part of you was like, "Oh my gosh, maybe if I plan this, nobody will show up?"
1: Well, I mean, that goes to that's like with anything. You have to plan, launch it, and market it, and make sure uh, people are interested before you pay certain deposits and whatnot. So there is, you know, you do have to mitigate the risk and not just be like, yeah, here's $10,000, and we'll (laughs) wait to see if people show up. And despite, you know, having members all all over the world, not everybody, you know, if we have 100 people in the group, not hundred, all 100 will come to these types of events. So we do cap it about, you know, 15 to 20 because of the venues that we're using. We do want to keep it intimate so that people can get the most out of building connections and and working on their projects. So it's not a conference in any way. It's really a retreat, you know, stepping out of the daily grind and getting together with fellow women entrepreneurs and really um, using that energy to elevate one another and just, you know, get clarity and take action.
0: So, and again, I want to pull this back. This is Winning Wednesday for the Daily Live webcast, and we're going to get to headlines shortly. But I really feel like, Sandy, you and Jules are doing something, you know, remarkable, and that you are taking this mastermind to the next level where I feel like it is, it is, um, uh, really uh, embracing the YFE principle of peer-to-peer mentorship. So you're not necessarily sitting there and teaching other people how to do business, right? You're facilitating conversation. You're facilitating, um, and the you're empowering women to come together and kind of help each other build their businesses, build their brands, reach their goals. Is that safe mm-hmm. to say?
1: Absolutely. And at one point in our when we kicked it off, we actually did say that because a lot of us, and credit to Jules for this was part of her intro. Um, that we're so keen on collecting more knowledge. A lot of us are almost like expert knowledge seekers, right? Like, yeah. I'll read one more book, one more course, and the answer will be there. So we said that in that room, those 15 women, we know everything there is to know about running the business, starting the business, launching. It's just trusting ourselves that we're capable of doing it and tapping into each other's knowledge and network and, and whatnot to to make it happen.
0: Well, and that brings it back to the Think and Grow Rich. Stacey and I, the reason why I started following you over the weekend was because, um, well, I followed you for some time, but I've you know followed more intently. I followed your hashtag. Stacey mentioned the idea of the mastermind, and that's a principle that's in Think and Grow Rich. Like you said, you get 15 women together, and you have the brain power of all those 15 women to make these things come to life, basically. And so I think that's really cool, and I'd love to uh, you know explore that more, but I wanna get into the headlines. Um, so I picked out three winning headlines to discuss with you, Sandy, and I picked out ones that hopefully I thought would be interesting for your background, because you have a background in tech, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yep. so this will be interesting. So the first one I wanted to bring up was the Whole Foods, uh, the, the headline is, Whole Foods Will Use Squares iPad Cash Registers. What? And so the thing that I wanted to pinpoint in this article, Sandy, was that they say, we've always tried to build a tool that scales from an individual, a massage therapist or a yoga instructor, all the way up to the largest organizations in the world. Uh, We believe fundamentally that they should be using the same tools and therefore the only limit is their ambition. I thought that was really cute. I
1: love that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So Sandy, do you use Square? Have you ever used Square? Have you worked with any clients that use Square?
1: I personally don't, I mean, I've used it in transactions. Actually, it was quite funny. The first time I think I used it was last year. I was paying for a taxi in Florida and the taxi driver just handed me over his iPhone with the, the square attached. And I was like, that is so cool, you know, just swipe and go. And the funny thing is when I came back to Montreal, not that we're not technologically advanced here, but there's certain ways to go. I got out of the cab, and I was like, oh, sorry, I got in the cab, and I'm like, do you take credit card? And the guy looked so annoyed with me. I'm like, really? I just paid with Square last night, and now he was doing the old swipe <laughs> transaction. So, um, yeah, I've used it, but not with um, – I don't use it personally for my business, but I've worked with other, like, massage therapists or crafters who sell, use it at craft fairs and whatnot.
0: Well, and it's so easy too, right? I I've never used Square personally, and I just know of other business owners that mm-hmm. use it, and it's it's free, right? And then it's basically like a PayPal type. They'll take off a percentage of every of every um, sale, right?
1: Yeah, I think I don't know the exact percentage, but I def I, from what I understand is that it's a lot more. Um, easy to afford for a small business owner versus, like, getting the whole, like, Visa or MasterCard, like that, renting that terminal out. Because here you already have the hardware. You're using your iPhone.
0: Yeah. Well, and it just makes sense. And I love the idea, though, that a large corporation would be using the same tool. And that's going to be more and more possible as, you know, software as a service becomes something people are more used to. And so you're not shelling out these huge amounts of money for hardware, like servers and that type of a thing, which is not necessarily... Um, a, a necessity anymore. So I just thought it was cool this idea that, you know, looking at it from both the business standpoint where you kind of want, I mean, ideally you want those enterprise clients because they're going to bring in more business, but they're using the same hardware, but just at a different level. And so, yeah. you know, you get to repackage that. And it's just neat to think about the possibilities as far as, you know, on the business side and then also on the small business side. How incredible is it that you're making people so used to Square, they're going to go to Whole Foods all the time, so when they go to the farmer's market and you're selling them you know, food, it's not going to be weird that they're going to pull out their credit card and swipe it on your iPad mm-hmm. because they're used I, to it at Whole Foods.
1: Exactly. I love that it levels the playing field even more because – people will have had that experience in a place and they'll build that trust because people will see it and hold boots and then go to the farmer's market and be like, oh, this is just normal now.
0: Yeah, exactly. I just, I think it's all exciting. So, Sandy, the next article I wanted to talk about, the headline is The Little Girl from the 1981 Lego Ad is All Grown Up. Um, and this is from womenyoushouldknow.net and it was actually covered in Mashable, too. I saw a few people posting the Mashable um, uh, article and I'll include both links below this when I do the... The post production stuff, but uh, Sandy, as someone, are you are you an engineer or were you in IT? I forget exactly what your background was.
1: Yeah, so I studied engineering, and I was a kid of the '80s, and I remember when Legos. I remember having that Lego stat that wasn't pink.
0: <laughs> well, so I wanted to get your um, your take on this because we talked about this on the show in the past with Goldie Blocks and the idea that if you make Legos more accessible to girls, that they'll be more likely to become an engineer. Do you think that the color of the Legos and the theme of the Lego is something that's going to attract a girl into having that creative problem-solving mindset? Or do you feel like that type of a girl will use the Lego? I mean, do you think color and themes is really that important?
1: No, because I think the colors and the themes, like even if you read the article, that comes from society. I don't know that as girls we're pre-programmed to necessarily be drawn to pink versus blue. And the part that is kind of sad is that when you do look at the stuff that's supposed to be, if it is really going to be creative and problem-solving, the stuff that's always pink is, it's like, I, don't, I mean, I can have seen examples, but it'll be more like, oh, here's a dollhouse that you can build, whereas the other stuff will be like, here's an airplane or a fire truck. So I feel like they're still dividing things along the gender lines using these colors, but not necessarily gearing one versus the other to a like a field in science or something.
0: Well, and even, you know, taking apart from the science and this whole STEM conversation that we've been having is the idea that um, is gender... Uh, you know, setting the line between men and women, like what we're doing with, like, young female entrepreneurs, or if Thrive Hive focuses solely on the female entrepreneur. Is that, is that an issue? I mean, should we be really making everything neutral so that there's no, no uh, gender-specific thing as far as in our marketing goes or how we serve people?
1: I hope that, Down the line, that could be the case where, you know, you don't necessarily have to have all these groups that are so women-focused. But I think, you know, men do it too. Having been in a field that was very male-dominated, there were times when I was involved, like, just not invited to certain things because was like, oh, didn't think you'd be interested in, in that. So women bond with women in a certain way. Like, you know, we may do uh, a beauty night or a self-care night at the next uh, event, which appeals to how women connect with other women. So I think you have to foster the things that, resonate with each gender but not necessarily have to make it exclusive.
0: Well and I think that's interesting that you brought that up because people talk to me sometimes they'll resonate with young female entrepreneurs and assume that I'm on some type of a mission where it's pro-women, um, down with the men, that type of a thing. And that's not necessarily what young female entrepreneurs is about, it's just that the idea that I want to hang out with other women that like the same shows that I like, that like to, do, to talk about the beauty things along with talking about the business stuff. Whereas my male counterparts are not necessarily excited to talk about, you know, like, Gil- they don't understand Gilmore Girl references that I make all the time. Well, some of the YFE's I talk to do. So <laughs> it's just fun to be able to say, let's come together and talk about it. I wanted to point out one more thing, though, was that um, the power of glamour, which we read for Bootstrap Book Club, the author points out that Disney wasn't the ones that came up with the colors and the, the, the princess dresses. That actually what happened was girls would be showing up to their in-person events and they would make their own princess costume. So these girls were glamorizing princess, the princess culture, on their own. And Disney took lead and basically capitalized on a trend that was already happening. So oh. I think it's, you know, something just to point out, too, that it's not necessarily, you know, these large corporations that are... Po- um, imposing um, these beliefs on, on kids. It's the kids, too, that are bringing up some of this, too. And these corporations are just responding to what um, is happening in society. What I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying that that's what happened with Disney.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Uh, so the last article, Sandy, which I thought you would um, appreciate, is the new Twitter tests or the headline I should say is Twitter test new design similar to Facebook and other sites and um, unfortunately I'm, I can't I'm not gonna show you guys the screenshot but I'll post it in and um, and it looks a lot like Facebook and this is something that I read and this is from the the times from time.com but it's in it's been covered across different um, media publications so Sandy how, did you get the the newest Twitter design early
1: I I haven't seen this one. I've just seen what was posted in Mashable and the link that you sent me. It does seem that they are moving in a direction to be bringing, you know, images and that type of media forward. Um, Personally, my initial thought when I looked at it was like, oh, it looks too much like Facebook. I don't know (laughs) if I like it. But that being said, these platforms are continuously changing like, I don't even remember what the old Facebook looks like. I feel like it's one of those things. They make that change. We grumble a little bit. People who have to re-record their videos because they train people on this probably don't appreciate all the UI changes, but... I don't know, we're at their mercy, right? We use these tools for free. I don't know if we can really do much we about it. to
0: stay fresh. But so the thing I wanted to point out as a business owner too is how they're doing this. And the reason why it came out in Mashable and in Time is because these editors are getting the new design. So just like we got rolled out this new, the newest version of Twitter and how the look is, um, they just got rolled it out, rolled out it. So anyone that has like some kind of verified account that is an editor, I'm sure they pinpointed, and they did it, I, I feel like for a specific reason, to get in time, right? To get in Mashable and see what those people that are posting the media, the things that are being retweeted the most, to see how it would react with them, what their thoughts would be on it. Don't you mm-hmm. agree?
1: Yeah, it's a really smart move on their part, right? They're going straight to the source that will most likely report on them.
0: Well, and it's a good idea just as far as, you know, you're talking about the lean startups uh, principles, which we mention here a lot at GenCast. You know, the idea of just getting things out there, pushing it out, testing it, coming back, and refining it. But I like the idea that you could segment it. You don't have to make it test things out to the entire population. How can we as business owners segment it and really just, you know, pinpoint maybe early adopters or pinpoint, um, you know, people that maybe use our product the most, that kind of a thing. So Mm -hmm. you're not just rolling it out and just letting people that aren't necessarily your ideal customers get angry about it. Exactly. So Sandy, thank you so much for jumping on here and talking about the three um, headlines we talked about. We went through them pretty quickly. The Whole Foods and and Square, we talked about the little girl from the Lego ad, and also the Twitter new design. And then of course, Sandy, you talked about your brand, uh, your rebrand, what you do, and then Thrive Hive. So tell us where everyone can find out more about you after this.
1: Perfect. So you can connect with me online at sandysidumedia.com and if you want to find out more about the next Thrive Hive Live you can go to thrivehivelive.com
0: well and I'm really excited about all that you're doing with Thrive Hive so hopefully everyone will check it out because like I said before at the Stacey Harris who I really value her opinion I think Stacey comes from a very logical standpoint where it's a little less emotional where I get excited about like fancy flashy videos and things like that that people put out Stacey is just, you know, is this going to help my bottom line? Is this gonna help me get to be where I am at? And apparently, obviously, Thrive Hive has been something that's worked really well for her.
1: Yeah, she's a uh, she's a valued member of the community.
0: Alright everyone, so you've been watching Sandy Cue. Hopefully everyone will check out her website, Thrive Hive, and the three articles that we posted. If you have an opinion, make sure that you comment below. Love to hear your thoughts. On, on Square, on the Lego thing, and on, on the new Twitter designs. Otherwise, have a fantastic winning Wednesday. Thank you so much for watching, and sign up for YFE.me forward slash mail it to keep in touch with everything YFE.